Yes. I'm Jeremy Smith. I'm the lead pastor of this church, and it is an honor and a privilege uh, to do that. And uh, we got folks that are dropping kids off and doing that, so they're going to be making their way back in. But um, we're going we're gonna to move forward today in our worship gathering. Who's ready for the Word of God today? Amen. Ready for the Word of the Lord? Praise God. We, we have a treat today. As this is a special day for us, as you know, our, our dedicating our church to our future. And uh, there's always something special about consecration and dedication. The Lord told Joshua, tell the people to consecrate themselves because tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things in your midst. And so there's something special to listen to that word from God to consecrate ourselves to Him, dedicate ourselves to Him, because we believe God will do amazing things in our life. And He has churches all around the world and in the city of Jackson because he, there's people who need hope. There's people all around us who need help. There's always someone who needs guidance and just needs to know somebody cares, somebody loves, somebody's there for me, and the doors of the church are open to receive me. And that's what our church is about, New Life Church. It's great to have our mayor with us today, Mayor Jerry Gist with us this morning. Appreciate that, Mayor. And I know it's election time, but if I would have called him any other time, I really believe he would come because that's just the kind of guy he is. So I'm not like, hey, go vote for him or anything. That's not me, but you do what you need to do, boo-boo, all right? But as a personal friend of the city and a believer in this community, thank you, all right? Well, it is a treat. I have my, my, my youth pastors here from way back in the day. Uh, they are... Um, they, they not only were my youth pastors, they were the mentors and spiritual parents in the faith and in the ministry. Uh, I wouldn't be in ministry if I didn't have them. Uh, you got to always have somebody who's there to help you. And, and that's, that's how this, this relationship is. Hopefully, I can return the favor in my latter years and help them in some ways as they have poured out and helped me. And, uh, but they are in Phoenix, Arizona, or Tempe, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix. They are church planters and missionaries uh, in that area and on the um, White Mountain Apache Indian Reservation, as well as in the Navajo Indian Reservation, and uh, planting churches, establishing ministry bases all around that area uh, for the sake of the gospel and the Great Commission. And, uh, and they're here with us this weekend just to help seal God's work in our life and affirm what God is doing. They serve as one of our three outside elders for New Life Church, and, um, and so it is a delight and a privilege to have them with us this morning. So without further ado, help give a good New Life welcome to Pastors Rick and Susan Bennett this morning. We are super excited to be here. We have been working really hard, enjoying ourselves uh, as we've been uh, in the southeast again, and we try to get back as often as we can, but we were, we were pointed to today <laughs> in the spirit, and we just knew that God was going to do something amazing here, and we're just so excited to be part of it. Uh, we just want to bless you, bless you as a people, and I so um, was encouraged by what Lindsay, Pastor Lindsay shared this morning when she was, you know, saying sometimes um, we feel like we're shaking, but really God's alignment's coming in place. And 
we can't resist that folks it's very important when god is aligning us with people with places with times with his seasons uh, that's all so important and let's just don't miss it i'll just share with you one of my missionary stories i try to every time i come um, we i have information on missions over on the table we have a team from your church coming out a leadership team this summer uh, they're going to be ministering among the white mountain apache people in a little village of canyon day um, and it was the very first place we went to on the Apache Reservation. A very godly man who was the first Native American chief of police in the United States. He was a former president of their tribe. He asked us as a pastor to come to the White Mountain Apache people. And he went home to be with Jesus last year. And um, we're, your church is sending a leadership team out to work with the new pastor of that work and help her get established in what God's called her to do in the next season, in the next phase. And we're super blessed by that. Um, last summer, I, I see God move in so many different and unique ways. I'll just tell you one, this one story about uh, one of our nurses last summer. Her name uh, was Becky. Her name is Becky. And um, she works at the Mayo Hospital under the best of conditions for a nurse, I think. Um, and she goes out with us and does health screenings and things like that when we go um, onto the reservation for outreaches. And I had, um, gangs are very, very, very active and very powerful on the reservations. And we had one of their leaders who came up to me at the registration tent. We were doing a children's carnival and health screening and giving away clothes. And he came up and he asked me, did I think that that lady over there would give him a big bandage? Would she have any? And he, he didn't want to go over there. So I, I just told him, I convinced him to go over there. And a little while later, I look, and he had his gang colors on and all of his gang tattoos, and he had his teardrop tats for the times that he, I guess, had killed someone. I don't know. But anyway, I look over about 15 minutes later, and Becky is leaning over him, and she's sharing with him about Jesus, but he has his shirt pulled up, and he had a seeping abdominal wound from a knife fight. And he wouldn't go into the clinic or to the hospital for fear. Um, and Becky went the extra mile. He asked for a bandage. Instead, she opened the wound, and she debrided it, sterilized it, and did all that stuff that they do in a parking lot of a grocery store on the reservation and I remember standing back it was a ways away from me and I thought is she really doing that here you know and then immediately it was like I was seeing the woman who was pouring out the precious oil at Jesus feet you know that this was worship and I said something to her about it later and I said Becky that was kind of gutsy out there she goes well you know if I handed him a bandage he would have been gone but if I dressed his wounds I would have had more time with him to share with him and she said and guess what she said three more of his gang buddies came back during the day with knife wounds and scrapes, and she got to bandage all them up too, but she also got to tell them about Jesus and minister the love of Christ. And you know what? Wherever you are, whatever you do, you're going to encounter a situation where it will seem like the quickest way to take care of the problem might be the, most, the best thing to do. But pause for just a second and see if the Holy Spirit will have you take the long way around because he really does want us to pour ourselves out and he wants us to pour love and healing and anointing into the the open wounds of hurting people amen god bless you and to let you know we're not trying to do money changing in the temple 
most of this stuff was made by hand, made by Native Americans in various ways, and it's, it's to support the mission base, so, uh, um, and the fabulous clothes that I wear. But uh, Good morning. How are you? You good? Say, I'm the house of God. How do you know this building is not the house of God? Did you know that? We're the house of God, amen? It's very important as the church that we understand that. God's not anti-buildings. Aren't you glad if it's raining that we're in here today? But you're the house of God. And when you leave here, you're the house of God. We're living stones being fitted together to make up God's house. Hallelujah. And I'm excited about a new phase, a new turn for New Life Church. I got it right. I said it. Um, I was reminded while I was just sitting there just a moment ago, Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And he got all kinds of answers. How many of you know if we went out in Jackson today and asked people who Jesus was, you get all kinds of answers. But then he finally turns to the disciples and said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, of course, Peter was always the first one to speak up, was he not? Peter speaks up and said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And he says, blessed are you, Simon. His name wasn't Peter yet. He said, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father. Who, how many of you are blessed that you believe in the Lord? Wave at me. Come on. You shouldn't be ashamed to acknowledge it. Are you blessed that you believe in the Lord? Did you know that you're blessed because you believe, not because you got convinced? Because in your heart, you believe in the Lord. And he said, then he goes on to say this. On this revelation, I'm going to build my church. God is in the church building business. Hallelujah. It's not, there's not a plan B. I know we might think there's the decline of the church. And we hear all these things. But I'm telling you, he's building his real remnant church. He's still building his church. And I want to share with you some things today that I believe will hopefully inspire you about what the church looks like and what God's intention was for forming us together. Did you know he didn't come to establish a religion? He came to establish a vibrant community of faith who will usher in and bring his kingdom into the earthly realm. Amen? And really when you think about it, it's a quite supernatural thing. And he's calling us back to live like a book of Acts people. Amen? Because that was the first model of what his intentions were. And I believe God is uh, uh, forming us and getting us ready for that. Um, a few things I want to share with you this morning to inspire you. And then we're going to end today with a prayer of blessing over you, New Life Church. And also at the communion table of the Lord. How many of you know, interestingly, Jesus didn't say this is Holy Communion. But it is what it is because that, that table of the Lord, as in a few moments, that table of the Lord is where we all come together at the foot of the cross. How many know there's level ground at the cross? Amen? And when we come together at that place, that's our common bond. It's through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen? Through his shed blood and his broken body, we all have been redeemed and brought into salvation. And now it doesn't matter your skin tone, your age, your gender, where you're from. What matters is do you believe? And if you believe, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I love the diversity when I look around the room. I think every church in every city should express the population of that city. Because it's a picture of what God is doing. Amen? So with that in mind, I just want to share a few thoughts with you this morning. If you look in the Word of God, and I, I'm going to take you to some passages, but right now I just want to take you to the one most of us are familiar with. The first revelation of the house of God that we saw in the Bible was when Jacob had a dream. Everybody heard of Jacob's ladder. Jacob has a dream. The heavens are open. He sees a ladder extend from heaven. How many of you remember what was on that ladder? 
angels. What were they doing, though? They weren't just playing harps on the ladder. (laughs) They were descending to the earthly realm and back again. In other words, the kingdom of heaven was coming to earth. Jacob awakes from that dream, and he makes a statement. God was in this place, and I didn't even know it. And he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. Everybody say, house of God. And the gate of heaven. It's not either or. The house of God was intended to not only be an expression of God's family, God's household, but a place where when you're among God's household, you can encounter the heavenly. Amen? And that's what God's called us to live for. And that's the revelation I believe the church is being brought into in these last days. God's house is a supernatural house. It's his family, but it's also an access to the supernatural realm. Uh, Something the Lord's been reminding me of lately, because especially here in America, we live so much for the corruptible realm of life, the carnal realm. We live to try to sustain things that are not sustainable. We, We live for a lot of pleasures and things many times that we're told clearly in the Word to not live for these things. But how many of you know, sometimes in even being blessed as a nation, we end up in the very blessing running after the wrong things and investing ourselves in things that are not eternal. But I want to tell you today, the things of the Spirit of God are everlasting. Every experience, every word, every impartation unto you is everlasting and it's eternal. And I want to show you that this morning. If you would, go with me to Luke chapter 10. Most of you are familiar with this passage where Mary and Martha have invited Jesus into their home. And Jesus is obviously, it's a small group type fellowship. What do you call it? Connect group? No. Life. It was a life group. And they're gathered together, but Jesus is there, and he's ministering to them. And pick up with me, if you would, at verse 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted. Does anybody in here ever get distracted? Any humans in the room? He was distracted with all of her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. She didn't even wait for his response. She judged his heart in the whole situation, and she was obviously a little bit torqued that Mary wasn't helping her out. Come on now. You still there? But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, if the Lord says your name twice, you better pay attention. You are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, say the good part, that which shall not be taken away from her. Notice that. What she received that day can never be taken away from her. What you receive today in the presence of the Lord can never be taken away from you. It's not corruptible. It's eternal. Amen? Many times, let's just be honest, much of the church, we express everything for another time. But our God is a now God, and he's told us to have a now faith. Amen? And it's important for us to understand that. Now, Jesus was not saying that serving wasn't necessary or needed. A lot of people take this teaching and go off in the other side of the ditch. How many of you know we need to serve one another? The greatest among us are the servants. But how many of you know in your serving... You can become so obsessed with that that you don't worship. You just, you're working. and You're trying to find your fulfillment in your serving. Are y'all, y'all with me? 
And if I ask some of you by your personality, there's Marys and Marthas all over the room. Okay? But what we need to understand, he's not saying for us to be one extreme or the other, but there's a balance there of how we serve and love one another, but also understand when it's all said and done, the most important thing, the main thing is the main thing is that is at Jesus' feet. And, and, And may I say this, Jesus didn't pick this argument, she did. He didn't go, Martha, come here and sit down. You're, just, you're wasting your time. Don't, don't make preparations. She came to him and questioned whether he cared and then asked him to rebuke Mary. So remember, he picked, she picked the fight. Our Lord did not. He wasn't concerned, really, that Martha was doing that, but it was a teaching moment. How many of you want to learn something today? See, everything the Lord has ministered to us cannot be taken away. And I want to keep reiterating that because what you're receiving, God is building back things. Even in the earth in this last century, God's restoring things to the church. He's restoring things. If, if we could go back, we would just be amazed at what, the, when the church, especially going way back to when the church came out of what they called the dark ages, didn't even understand how to be saved by grace. And then we've seen a, a, a restitution and restoration of things of God. Isn't that exciting? This is a great time to be alive. At the same time, I understand the prophetic understanding of the days we live in. I understand that. But see, that can't be our focus. Our focus is what God is doing in His church. I will build my church, and the very gates of hell will not be able to resist the advancement of the church. Amen? We've got that kind of backwards. We think hell's coming after us. No. Jackson, get ready. Amen? I was going to make a quote from the movie Tombstone, but I'm going to move on. Because some of you will get religious on me and be upset that I even watched that movie. I'm in Arizona now, you know. You just got to go all, all the wild, wild west on you, you know. In Acts 13, turn there with me. Paul makes a statement. I love this. I love this statement that Paul makes in Acts 13, 38. He says, let it be known to you, brethren. Notice that. He's speaking to the church. That through him, through Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed. You know, how many of you believe that? Three of you. Come on, guys. Y'all act like you're in the Bible Belt. Respond to me. How many of you believe that Jesus forgives you of your sins? Hallelujah. We need to have an altar call, Jeremy. But there's more. Say there's more. And, and, through him, everyone, say everyone, who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed. Through the law of Moses. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not trying to get free through the law? Therefore, get this, take heed so that the things spoken of in the prophets may not come upon you. Now here's that word. Behold, you scoffers, and marvel and perish, for I am accomplishing a work in your days, a work which you will never believe, though someone should describe it to you. When you start to scoff, I don't care what you hear prophetically and what the men and women of God proclaim over you. When you're a scoffer, you don't really hear it. And then what the bad part is, the scoffers are going to actually see it take place and not be able to participate in it. I don't don't want to be on that side of the aisle. Anybody with me? Let's be on the side of the aisle of the believer. Amen. That believes the best of everything that God has planned for us. Amen. The gospel message is powerful. And it has not changed because he doesn't change. Amen? Freedom, forgiveness, it's powerful. And it's always our message. It's good news. And his, his intention, I believe, is to do a work in Jackson, Tennessee, in the vicinity. How about you? 
God wants to do a work here. Hallelujah. Otherwise, why do we need a church here? He wants to do a work here. So don't be a scoffer. I still believe he who the sun sets free. Hey, thank you. I like it when you preach with me. Glory to God. New Life Church. Yeah. Arizona is major laid back. I'll tell you that, man. I went from a full-on church, multicultural church in Memphis, Tennessee, where people shouted me down, man. They finished my sermons to Arizona, and I got this. I'd go, amen, and my wife would go, amen. It's better now. They're starting to wake up. Hallelujah. (laughs) Can I say something to you today? New Life Church, you can believe again for everything God promised. Amen? You know, there's a computer term. I love love the computer term. We use it. What what do you do when your computer just won't behave? You shut that thing down and start over. We reboot it. And I've been telling people after congregation after congregation, reboot your faith. You may feel like you crashed and burned, but shut it down, humble yourself, and reboot your faith. Amen? Believe God again. Hallelujah. Paul goes on to say, if you'll move forward to verse 47, I love this. He says, for so the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. Now guys, if you look in the book of Revelation, the church is where the lamp stands. And the reason you have a lampstand is to put light on it and have influence from that lampstand into that room or that community. Amen? So churches are here not for the purpose of just maintaining and looking for our day of escape. And I believe in the rapture and I believe in all, but I'm saying, well, you can't live to escape. You must live to shine. So the word is arise and shine and his light will come and shine on you. Wake up, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ Jesus will shine on you. Just make a response to God and he will respond to us. How many of you glad for that this morning? See, we have been called by God to be light, to be salt, to be a city set on a hill. And that's what God's called us to do. And it's important for us to understand that God wants the churches. I so appreciate y'all praying for other churches and understanding that other lampstands around this city, that doesn't mean competition. That's what religion thinks. Oh, boy, the Methodists are close by. The Baptists are over there and the Pentecostals are over here. And when we start worrying about that, we've lost sight of what we're here to be. Just shine. Just shine. Be who you are. Amen. In the Lord. Amen. And be glad other lights are being planted here. Amen? To bring light to this city and this community. Hallelujah. And I say respectfully, and I I believe our brother here would would tell you, it's the light of the gospel that our nation and our cities need again. Amen? And and, and it's, it's important. The prophets speak also of desolate heritages. The prophets also prophesy about lampstands and even mantles of authority and anointing that are laying dormant. But it says, in that day, I will make them pick them up again. There are things that we thought it left the earth when the man or woman God left the earth. Do you remember when Elijah left the earth? Do you remember that? His mantle came down, and who got it? Elijah did. And there was a double portion of anointing. And if you look back through Kings and look at the count and count them up, Elijah did twice the supernatural miracles that Elijah did. There's something about God has saved the best for the last. Amen? What was the best wine at the wedding of Cana of Galilee? The best wine was at the last. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, beloved, he's coming back for a glorious bride. He's coming back for a ready bride, amen, who will express him fully. And I believe that. There's a remnant church, and I've, I've been teaching this everywhere I go because a lot of people say, well, a remnant is what is left over. But I don't want you to have a mentality as you're a leftover. Because, you know, leftovers is stuff you stick in the fridge and forget about, and then you have a science experiment. You know, those are what leftovers are. And sometimes churches are like that. We forget about it. We're just left over. I'm putting that on a shelf. There's no prophetic shelf in the Bible. God gave you a word. You need to take heed. Amen? And, and so when you get in there, and you, I'm just shooting down some sacred cows today. Is that all right? Everybody's got that shelf. I'm going to put that on a shelf. Really? If Jesus walked in this room and spoke to you, would you shelve it? Amen? But there are things that God wants us to claim again for the kingdom of God. And the remnant, I like it better this way because the word remnant is tied to the meaning of the word remain. That which remains. How many of you want to be counted among those who remain faithful, who believe God? Amen? Who don't become apostate and fall away from everything that was restored, but who say, I'm going to believe and stand with God. I'm His remnant. Do you want to be a remnant church, New Life? Hallelujah? You better get ready because God's getting ready to loose some stuff on us. Amen? In a powerful way. And that's not anything to be afraid of. I'm just meaning it's, it should excite us what God intends to do in these days in which we live. I, I, I believe what the scripture says when it says darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Well, what's the rest of the verse, please? But the glory of the Lord will shine on you. So what are we looking at? If you just stare at the darkness, how can you possibly radiate the glory? Hmm, sila. Ponder that a moment. There are things that the Lord has restored that he's intending the remnant church to rise up and take hold of these things again. And he's calling us to repent and return. When Peter preached after the raising up of the man at the gate, beautiful, he preached a simple sermon about the glory of Jesus Christ. And then he said, repent and return. Notice when you repent, you return. It's not saying, oh, Lord, forgive me only. It's saying, Lord, I've got to make a change. I've got to change the way I think. I've got to change my direction. How many know when you get that, that's how you become born again? That's how you get back right with God. Amen? When you repent and you return. But here's the promise. So that, everybody say, so that. In other words, for this purpose, that times of refreshing may come upon you in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. To be refreshed in the presence of God. How many of you could use some refreshing? What about a spiritual refreshing in your life? I don't know about you, but I need it every day. Amen? And it's something powerful that he said he would fulfill in our lives. You know, we just, we, we're in the middle of what you would call the spring feast of the Lord. You know, we had Passover. We had, you know, the unleavened bread. We had first fruits. At Passover, Jesus suffered and died. At Passover, he instituted his table, remember? Because he was the Passover lamb. All that ever spoke to was to him. He was the Passover lamb. So he broke the bread and he, he brought forth the cup and he showed us redemption and, and the sacrifice to free us from our sins and set us free and, and that beautiful picture. But then there was first fruits and he was raised from the dead as first fruits. Amen? It's about resurrection. So when you talk about new life, we're talking about resurrection life because he said he was the first fruits, not the only fruit. First fruits among many who would come like unto him. When you were born again and gave your heart and life to the Lord, your image is now to be a bearer of him who, who was 
uh, was uh, crucified, who died and was raised, and now we enter into that. Amen? Our old life is dead, and we raise up with him in the newness of life. And it's resurrection life. I said resurrection life. There is no greater power than resurrection power. Think about it. If somebody was dead and came back to life, every cell in their body had to be re-energized and regenerated and brought back to life. There is no greater miracle than that. Amen? And God is, I'm telling you, He's the God of the resurrection. He even says in the Scripture that the same power that raised Him from the dead is at work in you and me. Hallelujah. Let's quit limiting that powerful uh, strength of God that He wants to show us. Amen? The first fruits. Our new life corresponds unto Him. Which means another thing. We also are to be multiplying. And I believe with all my heart, there's days coming when the, the, the true remnant churches are going to start multiplying. We're going to get a revelation of what God's doing, and we're going to start multiplying and growing in ways we never thought possible. Planting churches and even sending to the nations. Anybody want to be a part of that? And I'm telling you, it's part of your DNA as a believer in Jesus Christ to be that type of a people. And I want you to be restored to that in your heart. We were crucified with him. How many have been crucified with him? How many have been raised with him? Well, what does Paul go on to say? And we've been seated with him. Wrap your brain around that. You can't. It's not a mental thing. It's a heart thing. It's a spiritual position in God. And this is what we need. Look what Ephesians says about the body of Christ. I love this verse in Ephesians 1, 22. He put all things in subjection under his feet, speaking of the Lord Jesus, and gave him his head over all things to the... Is that on the wall? Over all things to the what? Talk to me. To the, he's head over what? The church, which is what? His body. Now look at that last line. Come on. Say it. The fullness of him fills all, you and me, in all. I mean, you know, there's a day coming. I believe it's already here. When people are literally going to come to get to the power of God, to get to the love of God, to get to the grace of God, and they won't feel like they have to wait in line for the pastor to do it. They say, I just got to get to those believers, to the body. It's the fullness of Him filling all of us in all of us. Amen? Get ready. Body ministry is getting ready to break out in these last days, which means we all need to be responsible to the new life that we have been given. Amen? Hallelujah. So I challenge you, let's live the resurrected life. That word refreshing, times of refreshing, what do you think of when you think of refreshing? I think of um, a big old tall glass of iced tea after I cut the yard, right? Or uh, just sitting back and relaxing in the recliner or, or turning that air on really cold on a hot summer day. Whatever you may think about refreshing. But the word, get this, the word in the Greek means to catch the wind. Times of where we just get back, and it it means to resuscitate and to revive us. How many of you could use some resuscitation? Just be real. Could use some spiritual resuscitation. And really, I believe any time we come together, I believe that's why the church gathered on the first day that we said, "Lord, we need to catch the wind this week." I don't want to go another week without your breath breathing through me. I want resurrection life to flow through me. I want to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. Amen. So these are opportunities for that. And you know what? If we really start to live that way, you won't be able to keep people out of those doors for worship. They say, I don't know what goes on there, but something's a-blowing. Amen? And God's calling us to live like that. Everything that has been imparted to you in the kingdom is eternal. And like he said to Mary, it cannot be taken away from you.
I love that. You may ignore it and let it go dormant, but it can't be taken away from you. Even when you were born again, Peter writes, you were born again of an imperishable seed, which is the Word of God. Think about that. The key word there is imperishable. Even in your new life, what He began in you, it's in your DNA, everlasting life. Aren't you glad? It's not in our physical bodies. We all know that. Or we're learning that, some of you young pups out there. But what God, we're supposed to be being renewed day by day on the inside out. Amen? We're supposed to be growing big on the inside. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn growing brighter and brighter and brighter until the noonday. Hallelujah. God didn't call you to ride off into a spiritual sunset one day like John Wayne in a western. It's over. The movie's over. The end. Your final destination is noonday glory. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. Get excited. The life you received is eternal. Which means also the promises you receive are eternal. There's still yes and amen. Amen? Amen? It's okay to say amen. I know it sounds religious, but if you know what you're saying, it's powerful because it means so be it. Be it unto me. When you say amen, you're saying, I agree with that. I'll have some of that. <laughs> Maybe that's all you needed to hear today. Because you can say a lot of things religiously. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I didn't believe one bit of it. You're just trying to think, if I prompt this guy, he'll get through and we'll go eat lunch. The dreams and visions are still alive in you. Amen. That's what the prophetic does. It pulls it out. Brings a heartbeat back to something that you thought was dead. Amen. The, the prophecies, the visions, the dreams, the various ways he speaks to us, through his word, through the scriptures. The Lord intends for his house to be his family. Do we all agree on that? But he also intends it to be the gate of heaven. Amen? A spiritual house, a royal priesthood. And these eternal benefits of the Lord, of his house and his kingdom, cannot be realized or partaken of if we spend all our life sowing into the corruptible realm. Look what it says in Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap what? eternal life let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time say in due time we will reap say we will reap we will reap we will reap if we do not grow weary in other words if you don't quit amen come on so then while we have opportunity let us do good to all people should we do good to all the people of jackson amen but look at this, especially to those who are of what? The household of faith. Because you know what? If we're not healthy in how we minister to one another and love one another and relate to one another, we can't do anybody any good out there. We don't need to export junk. Amen? We need to export love and power and a sound mind. Amen? We need to flow out of this house to be coming from a healthy house. Amen? I'm not saying you're not healthy, but I am challenging you to do a little health heart check. We, I know a lot of people, they'll do a lot of good, and they'll want to go out and do good, and then they're like mad at the church. I don't know, I don't, the church, I just, uh. Well, who had never been hurt in church? Are you alive? Who had never been hurt just being around human beings? Did y'all know we're fallen people? Flash. We really need to get over ourselves and start to be the people of God. Amen? 
Amen. We need to, we need to let some of that old stuff pass away so the new things can come. But you've got to behold that new thing that you've become in him. Amen. How many of you are glad you're born again? How many of you are glad you're born again? Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just going to heaven when you die, and I'm glad for that. Amen. I don't want my ticket punched for hell. But, but it's a life that is to be lived now. Amen. And to be lived well. I want to hear well done. I want to hear you got in by the skin of your teeth, Rick. Come on in. Thank God for my grace. You'd be in hell today. I don't want to hear that. Amen. You don't either, do you? Amen. <laughs> okay, that's about the fourth cow I've killed. Okay. When we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal things that can never be taken away. New life is the household of faith. So I want to encourage you, be faithful to sow your life into the family of God. Amen? Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, he's getting ready to take up an offering. No, I'm not. But that's part of it. Your finances and your resources. But how about this? Your strength, your passion. Amen? Your love, your concern, your care, your energy. Amen? You know, you can bring energy into this room on Sunday mornings. You can bring energy into your home group when they get together. You can bring the energy of expectancy and faith. I love the people of God, and God wants to do something here tonight. Amen? We can live that way. I'm telling you, you can bring it into the room. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Let that sink in. I can't give you a scripture for that, but it's, it's good, isn't it? Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Look there with me. 21. Hebrews 10, 21. Since we have a great priest over what? Come on, say it. Over the, over what? The house of God. Now, how many of you know God loves us individually and any one of us individually can believe God and do things for God and all of that by ourselves? But how many of you know it's better if you do it from and in, in union with the house of God? He's a great priest over the house of God. Amen? So let us do what? Let us, plural, corporately, do what? Draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of our faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us what? Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. I'm much better at not wavering when I'm in agreement with somebody else. When I'm by myself, anybody wa- when I'm by myself believing, I can start wavering. But when I'm in a community of believers to stand together, even just me and my wife, we're standing. I know she's believing with me. I don't waver so easily. Hallelujah. Some of you are blowing like reed in the wind. you got to get rooted and planted in the house. Because there's levels of faith he's calling us to, and we're going to do it together. Hallelujah. The day of the Lone Ranger and the Superstar Minister are over. Amen? The body is going to express the fullness of Him in all of us. Amen? And that's what He wants to do. For He who promised... How many believe He's faithful? So if God promises something, is He trustworthy to deliver? Okay, so we know He's faithful. But look what it says here. Let us consider how to what? Stimulate one another to what? To love and good deeds... Not forsaking our own assembly together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And what? All, say it again. All the more as you see the day drawing near. I believe that reference to making sure. You know, you could come to an assembly and still forsake it. You don't enter into what's going on. You kind of pull back. Come on. Not, not coming in faith, not bringing the energy of the Spirit with you, you know. And I, I'm, I'm going to tell you today, if it was all the more as the day is drawing near, then that word's to you and I more than any generation because we're closer to the day of the Lord than any generation that's ever lived. So 
all the more. And how many of you know, we're more challenged than any generation ever at finding the time to be able to be with the people of God. Are we not? With our schedules, and we're more connected socially and through electronics and all of that. And yet getting the people together is one of the hardest things to do. Man, when I grew up, we never missed anything. I thought we were in charge of the building. If we didn't go, the lights wouldn't get turned on. I didn't know. I thought, I, I thought my dad owned the church or something, maybe. And he wasn't even a minister. I'm just saying, but things have changed so much. And it's the challenge of the age in which we live in. And I believe we were warned prophetically 1,900 years prior as the people of God, when the day is drawing near, don't forsake the house of God. Amen? Come on now. God's will is for all churches to be the house of God in the gate of heaven, to be a city set on a hill. You might say, well, what is this gate of heaven? That doesn't mean be in church when you die so you can go to heaven. It, it, it speaks of heaven. What has been our prayer that the Lord gave us for 2,000 years? Thy kingdom, come on, y'all talk to me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where, oh, oh, here? In Jackson? And what's my standard as it is in heaven? And you see when everything else gets darker and darker at the end of the age, how much more the glory on the church is going to show. And men and women that want to know the Lord are going to be drawn to it. Amen? I don't want things to get worse on the outside of the church, but it's going to. You know, I'm not going to argue with prophetic scripture, but I am here to say today that I do know one thing. We were, that was the emphasis today. Lindsay was leading us that we are in an unshakable kingdom. But if you understand that verse in Hebrews, it says everything else will shake. Everything else will shake around us, but we're on solid ground. Amen? Christ the solid rock, I stand. No, all other ground is just sinking, shifting sand. Amen? Hallelujah. Y'all want me to sing that to you? All right. <laughs> the gate of heaven is where the glory, the supernatural comes into the church. How many are ready to see in this house people being saved? People being restored? People, marriages being healed and restored. How about that? Come on. How many want to see people get set free from things that the world says you can't ever get free from? How many want to see people get healed? That's what the house of God should represent. Amen? So I want to challenge you. New Life Church, be the remnant bride. Amen? Hold to everything God's ever revealed to you and believe for it and stand. And stand with your pastors and leaders and say, you know what, we're going to do this thing. We're going to see this vision activated. Amen? I tell you, when you get in that and you, and you bring the, the spirit of faith to it, don't be a scoffer. Remember what he said about the scoffers? God will do the great work in our day, but they'll miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't know about you. And I don't want to stare at the taillights of a move of God. I want to be on the bus. Anybody want to be on the bus? Hallelujah. He reminds us to stir our faith and to believe again. I want to use this story maybe to help you. When Lazarus turned sick, they, uh, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus. The same Mary and Martha, by the way that we read about earlier, and Jesus, they said, Lazarus, him whom you love has grown sick to death. And he said, this sickness will not what? Not end in death, but for the glory of God. Well, Jesus doesn't show up for four more days, and he dies. And he's four days dead in a tomb, and Jesus shows up. And the first thing Martha says is, Lord, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. 
And I even know now, whatever you ask of him, he'll do for you. And Jesus said, anybody who believes in me will not die. Even if he dies, he will live. And Martha goes, I understand that, Lord. Then Martha gives Jesus a theological lesson to straighten him out. I know that in that day we'll have a new life and all of that, and that's true. But she was trying to delay her glorious experience to another time. You ever tried to do that? I know, Brother Rick, I know that's what the Word says, but. And we push it into the future, maybe one day. And finally Jesus leaves her and He says, I am the resurrection. You're looking at resurrection. Amen? Come on, new life. New life. I'm lo- you're looking at resurrection. Boy, it's time for the church to express to people, you're looking at resurrection right here. I ain't the same guy that got saved in 1978. Are y'all with me? You're looking at it. When it all came, to, he came to Mary. Mary was a little bit different posture. She fell down and worshipped, but said the same thing. If you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. When it all comes, he says, where is he laid? They go over to the tomb. He says, roll away the stone. Martha's back. Lord, he stinketh. He's been dead four days. This is going to be ugly when you open that tomb. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. And Jesus said, did I not say to you, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. He took her back to the word he gave her initially. Death was part of the process, but it did not end in death. Last Sunday I was ministering, and it just came up in my spirit. And the Lord told me to tell everybody in that room, you need to start deleting the the ends that you've written in situations in your life. Because you thought it was over. You need to take some of those periods and delete them. Amen? There may be a comma there. There may be a pause or a dash. But quit putting the end on something that God says is going to end with glory. Amen? You can believe again. And here's what I love about it. It, Even as antagonistic as Martha seemed to be and so full of unbelief, Jesus was only trying to get her to believe again. He didn't say, well, you blew it, woman. Away from me. You're not even going to see this. He didn't do that. He said, just believe me. I want to say to some of you, you thought because you quit believing or you stopped believing, you started wavering in unbelief or you fainted and fell away from something. I want to say to every one of you today, you can believe again. For everything the Lord said He would do for you. Amen? Are you still there? Hallelujah. So every time you gather, bring that expectancy. Years ago with the youth, I ministered this word about be a thermostat and not a thermometer. How many of you know if you go up to an electronic thermostat, and there's probably not one in this building, which is how old? Older than me. But if you go up to these electronic thermostats, if, if it's uh, 78 in the room and you want it to be 72, you don't walk up to it and call it like it is. Right? You don't put 78 and go, that thermostat don't work. It don't work because you're dumb. He didn't ask us to call things like it was. He is him who calls things that are not as though they were. You, what do you do when you set that temperature down to 72? You're calling for a change. Hallelujah. And interestingly, on the new ones, the bigger number is the number you're calling for, not the actual. T- the big number would be 72 degrees. I'm calling for this room to be perfect. That's supposed to be perfect, I guess. Are y'all with me? And you call for that number. And I'm telling you, you can be a thermostat in every situation in your life. You, can, you might say, well, how do I do that? Speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God into your situation. Amen? Don't, don't call what already is. I'm not saying deny the facts. Or ignore the reality. But there's a higher reality. Truth 
trumps facts. Amen? I'm not brain dead. I don't ignore reality, but I do know this. There's a higher reality, and God's called for me to open the gate. Amen? And call for the kingdom to come and the will of God to be done right here in the middle of my family, in the middle of my marriage, in the middle of my finances, in my physical body. Hallelujah. So we exist to do that. And this is his intention, is to be in the midst of us. When Jacob awoke from his dream, here's what he declared in Genesis 28, 16. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Now, to be in awe is not a fear as in being afraid. It's just, it's an awesome reverence and respect for something otherworldly is taking place. Amen? A lot of people are afraid of God, but that's not the fear of God in worship. The fear of God in worship is He's holy, He's just, He's true, and He's among us. Amen? And so I humble myself. Do y'all understand that? Do y'all understand that? I love my father, and, I, and I, I, was, I, I feared him in a respectful way. But he didn't abuse me, so I didn't fear him in a, in a, in a, in a, a being afraid type of way. Does that make sense? And so you start to understand that. But God is calling us. And so he was fearful, and he said, how, awesome, how many of you know, we need to start coming to church on Sunday going, this place is awesome. And I say, well, we're on an old gymnasium floor in a building that's old, and bleachers around, and the, the, the sound in here rolls around like a thunderstorm. And... It's not this place. It's you. How awesome is it when we get together in the presence of the Lord? Amen? Are y'all, y'all getting this? This is what? The house of God. What else is it? The gate of heaven. Wow, what a responsibility for us. Amen? Be a house of worship that catches the wind of the Spirit and celebrates the new life of resurrection. As I close, one of the greatest temptations given, I think, to mankind, whenever man's struggling, whether we're struggling with condemnation, fear, uh, apathy, lukewarmness, whatever it may be. How many know one of the greatest struggles is when the enemy lies to you and says you don't need the church? How, how many of you heard that lie? Raise your hand. Look around the room. Everybody's been challenged that you don't need the church. You know, you can do this on your own, Right? I don't want to get hurt no more. I don't want to go through that again. And so the enemy lies. Why? To pull you away from the very people you need to be. Lindsay told me earlier this has been kind of y'all's, y'all's verse, right? In Psalm 92, look at this. The righteous man will flourish. How many of you want to flourish? Like a palm tree in Tempe, Arizona. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. What's the next word? Come on. What? What? Planted where? In the house of God, in the house of the Lord. And they will flourish in the courts of God. Some of those eternal things in you that have been implanted, those imperishable seeds, they'll never flourish till you get planted in the house of God. If you ever look at it that way, look at it that way. All this stuff that he's given you, he loves you so much. All the word you've heard, all that's been sown into your life, all the experiences with God that you have. If we could all go back, we'd go, wow, God has really been good. Yeah, I had a bad week, but God's still good. And then you start to understand, if I can get myself planted into the household of faith, then I'm going to flourish. Anybody want to flourish? I want to flourish. If you're born again, you do. You don't want to be the same next year that we are right now, do you? 
I want to flourish in the house of God. And these seeds can only bear fruit. We know the, the, the very opening psalm says that a blessed man is like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Hallelujah. But you can't go out in the country by yourself. You've got to get, get into that city of faith, that household where the river flows, where the streams come together, and there's a mighty river. And that's what causes us to be firmly planted. Amen. And it goes on to say, we will bear fruit in every season. We'll always be bearing fruit. How many would like to get to a place where there's no more dry seasons? I'm not saying it's not hard out there. I'm not saying there's not stuff in your life. But I'm just saying you're so deeply rooted. It could be a drought going in the natural. But if that tree's by a river that's still flowing, it doesn't matter. Because that tree is rooted down in that riverbank and drawing nutrients. That when you get further away from the river, how many of you will see dead stuff? There's a pretty bad drought here, what, about... Two or three summers ago, it was really bad. I remember I came, it didn't look like Memphis, didn't even look like Memphis. The trees were brown in June. You know what I'm saying? They weren't green and lush. like the, Right now, everything's so lush, there's been so much rain. And that's what irrigation does. And you know where you get your main irrigation? In the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs warns us. He said, he who separates himself seeks his own desire, and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. What did he say in the beginning in Genesis? It's not good for man to be alone. When you separate yourself, notice you'll start to seek your own way and live for yourself. And secondly, you'll quarrel with sound wisdom when somebody does try to help you. Amen? That's why this is important. You might say, well, you're preaching to the choir. We're here. But see, that, that, that's the temptation in these busy times we live is to pull you away from the house of God. You know, say, well, I don't want to go to heart for the house because I know Jeremy's going to ask something of me. Yeah, he's going to ask you to put your heart in the house. Amen? Amen? Serve, absolutely. Give, absolutely. But bring something to this place of eternal value. Amen? And I really believe that's what we need to watch in these last days. And there's a vibrant going forth. That doesn't mean if you plant in a house and commit to a house that you're always going to be here the rest of your life. Some of you won't even live in Jackson the rest of your life, maybe. We're more transient of a society than we've ever been. But can I say to you, even then, we need to leave healthy. We need to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen? We don't need to be bouncing around, sheep moving around mad and never get healed of the last thing. And then the next thing we know, we can't. You're going to take it to the next place. But there's a healthy way. It's to be sent and to be released and have peace. Have shalom spoken over you. Amen? That's what God wants. New Life Church, this is a new day. And you're turning a new corner. You're the same people. But God wanted you to be refreshed. And he wants you to be rebooted. Reboot your faith. Refresh your vision. Get it? Believe again, but refresh your vision. Get a good prophetic perspective on your life. And God will bring you through. Don't be a scoffer. How many of you believe with me God wants to do something amazing in Jackson? Do you? Do you believe God will accomplish the work in our days? Or deep down inside you're thinking, man, I've heard prophetic words like that about Jackson for 20 years. I've been tempted to say that because I've been in the kingdom for a while listening to a lot of prophecies. And I understand what that's like. The delay... The, the, the frustration, the disappointments. But I'm telling you, we'll never get out of it murmuring and complaining. We'll only get out of it when we get with it with God. Amen.
and believe God. I believe we're going to see the glory of God in the last days. And I believe the bride is going to be ready. And I believe there's a joy that's going to come on the church that is that joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. Amen? You know what that means? It's indescribable. It's not the joy that, did the Grizzlies win last night? I don't even know. It's not the joy that your team won or whatever. That's, how many of you know that is corruptible joy? It lasts for a moment. Nothing wrong with it. See, we've so misunderstood that scripture. It just means we pour our whole lives into something that maintaining things that don't really bring us true joy or peace. But when it's something of the supernatural realm, that sticks with you forever. Woo! The Lord goosed me and said, wrap this up, boy. Hallelujah. Y'all ready? I want to pray a blessing over you as a church. And I want to first ask if we could for the, the leaders to come forward. Now, I think. Yeah, I wasn't trying to get in your way, man. Can you wrap it up, please? Can you wrap it up? No, teasing, teasing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've asked uh, our, our staff, our, our board, and our finance committee uh, to come on up and, uh, and just stand here in the front as uh, uh, standing in, in, in place as uh, leadership over this house and in the house as uh, Pastor Rick and Susan uh, will uh, going to say a prayer of blessing and dedication uh, over us. And then we're, we're going to count the rest of you in here in just a second, okay? Uh, but have you know that what starts at the head and flows down affects the rest of us. Amen. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, pouring down from the beard of Aaron, running down upon the priest, down to his garments. So let's join, join with us in faith and, and in agreement as pastors Rick and Susan pray this prayer uh, over us this morning, okay? Would everybody in the house, not only the leaders that are down here, but everybody in the house, and even if you're not from this area and you're visiting, I know a couple of our friends are here. Uh, how many of you know we all need this word? Well, you can take this back to wherever your house of worship is, okay? So let's all, let's just receive this impartation. Blessing is more verbally spoken than even laying on of hands. It's an impartation. It was a blessing spoken over people. And I want to give that to you today. Could we all just lift our hands and our, our countenance to heaven right now? Heavenly Father, we come before you today. And Lord, I believe everybody in this room, because I, I, I know the power of your word. I know, Lord God, you're calling us all to repent and return. You're calling us to, to get back to what you've called us to believe all along and what you've called us to accomplish through us in these days. And Lord, I just release, I release over this house and over the people gathered here today. Lord, I release a refreshing in your spirit. And in your presence, Lord, to bring a refreshing of vision, to bring a refreshing of strength, to bring a refreshing, Lord, that we, we be a people who could catch the wind of what you're doing again. Lord, even where there's been some death, we pray for resuscitation and revival to come. Where there's dormancy and lukewarmness and apathy, we say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come into this place today. Sweep into this place today. Now, those of you who are leaders, especially, and I'm going to also pray over the whole house in a moment. These are things, and these things were just pouring with my pen this morning as I was praying for you. And I really believe this is what the Lord directed me to do. And, I, and I, I've written them down so I wouldn't miss one of them. And let me ask you this. When you receive a blessing, you've got, you need to just be, be.
be vocal, be verbal. Get, give your amen. Open your heart up. Say yes, Lord, and, and just activate your spirit of faith. Everybody agree for that? Amen. So I say to you today, the leaders of New Life Church, I bless you. I bless you with the heart of a remnant. I bless you that you will not be a scoffer in the house of the Lord. And I bless you in, in all of the people today. I bless you with that ability to believe again. To go back to that first word he spoke to you. To go back to the promise of God. I bless you with an ability to delete your periods and your the ends in your life. Even things you said it with careless words. I release the grace and forgiveness of God on you today. That we would move forward as men and women of faith. I bless you today with a heart of love and worship for the Lord Jesus. I bless you with that, with that intensity to love God like never before. And because of your love for Jesus, I bless you with a love for the sheep. A love for the people of God. Even as Jesus challenged Peter three times, if you really agape me, then love my sheep. Tend for them and care for them. And I want you to know as you move from here today that your deep worship of God will result in a deep commitment to the children of God and the house of God. And I bless you with that today. I bless you today with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I bless you today that the eyes of your heart will be opened. That your spiritual senses will become more keen than they have ever been. That you would know the hope of His calling upon your life. That you would know by the Spirit, the surpassing greatness of the power that is at work in this church, which is resurrection power. Hallelujah. That means no situation, no matter how dead it is, no matter how gone it seems to be, nothing, nothing is impossible with your God. And I also bless you with the revelation of understanding the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints. It's in this church church please get that the riches of your inheritance are in the people of God receive it today receive it today him filling all of us and in all of us I bless you leaders today to be equippers to lead by example but to also be teachers and equippers and trainers in the things of God to help God's men and women, and yea, even children, to help them find their place, their fit in the kingdom of Almighty God. I bless you today, and I heard the Lord say this, and I'm just going to read it as it came to me. I bless you with a desire and a diligence to seek for things eternal as your highest priority. To not give all of yourself, your energy, your time, your money, your resources into corruptible things. But that you would, I, I declare over all of you, even those of you in the, in, the, in the congregation, I declare over you a turnaround in how you put your passion into things. And that it will be to seek first. Everybody say, seek first the kingdom of God. I bless you that you will sow your life, your passion, your resources, your gift, your love, your commitment into things that can never be taken away from you. Now let that rest on you right now. Whoa. And I bless you. It's important for you leaders. I bless you 
with that ability and grace to possess the abandoned lampstands, to possess desolate heritages, to possess, yes, even mantles of ministry, mantles of leadership and ministry, yes, even in the realms of the supernatural. Are y'all afraid of supernatural? Come on now. Come on. There are mantles that Lord said, the reason they don't go with my services to heaven is I don't need them up here. But I want them down there. And I pray over some of you. God's going to give you a desire to go after some things that the church used to have. Not just new life, but the church in general used to have. And God's going to move on some of you to start to go for it, to pick it up again. Amen? And I want all of you leaders to say this. Be it unto me. According to your word, I receive this blessing to lead and guide and impart and serve this church and its people. In Jesus' name. Now, church, if all of you would stand right now, even if you're not a member of New Life, if everybody would stand right now, I want to continue to release blessings. And those of you leaders can just stay where you are. Everybody stand up if you would. Let's all, I want you to extend your hands out as though you were receiving a gift this morning. It's hard to hold your hands over your head for 30 minutes. But just stick your hands out in front of you just as though you're receiving a gift. And get your face toward heaven. Come on. Get your face upward right now. Hallelujah. I just say to some of you, the spirit of heaviness is not going to be no longer part of your countenance. But your countenance will be the glory of the Lord. I bless you with that. That you would radiate the glory of God in your life, in your family, in your business, in the marketplace, at school, in Jackson, Tennessee. That you would be known as a people that radiate the glory of Almighty God. I say to you, New Life Church, you are blessed to be God's house. Say, I am blessed. You will be fruitful and you will multiply. You will be connected to one another supernaturally. Hallelujah. And you all will employ God's gift to serve everyone else. Hallelujah. And I declare again to you, Jesus is filling all of you in all of you. Hallelujah. I declare today, New Life Church, you are blessed with the spirit of adoption and you are the children of God. And the liar will not be able to steal your salvation, but you will know by the spirit that you are the children of God as you walk by the spirit and not in the flesh. And this is your family. Again, this is your family. Say yes. I bless you with a revelation of the gate of heaven. For the Lord says today, there are things about the gate of heaven that many do not have even a clue, including Pastor Rick Bennett. But God says, I'm giving you a revelation of what it means. And the Lord says, I meant what I said. When I said, if you believe in me, you would do my works and even greater says the Lord. And I bless you to have a revelation for that in the name of Jesus. You will see the kingdom come and you will see the will of God be done in Jesus' name. Yes, right here in Jackson, Tennessee. Glory to God. I bless you, New Life Church, that you are a house of salvation. You are a house of forgiveness. You are a house of freedom and deliverance. You are a house of healing and breakthroughs. Hallelujah. You are a house of provision. And you shall not lack, but you will have a sufficiency in everything and an abundance. An abundance to do every work God would call you to do to fulfill this vision. I decree and declare over you, you will not lack in buildings and lands and vehicles and all the resources needed to carry out this vision. You shall not lack. You agree for that? Hallelujah. I bless you, New Life Church. 
And I call in today on behalf of this church to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. We call in. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Come on, bride of Christ. Come on. The Spirit and the bride say, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. We say to the north and the south, east and the west, come. And we say, give them up. Give up the, 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 the new souls. Give up the prodigals that are coming home. Give up those laborers that are looking for a house like this to serve in. We say, give them up in the name of the Lord. And come into the house of God for such a time as this. Everybody say it. For such a time as this. Again, for such a time as this. In Jesus' name. feel really strong in my spirit to share this with you and it is this a long long time ago we were, were selling a home and the people didn't have enough money to pay the down payment and we loaned it to them it was a few thousand dollars not a lot of money and years and years went by and we totally forgot about it and then we got um, a letter from a mortgage company the couple who bought the house from us and never paid any paid us any payments for the money that we loaned them was one they were wanting to refinance the house and they couldn't because we had a lien on the house because of that loan that they had never paid and so the mortgage company had contacted us and so we prayed about it and the Lord um, put on Rick's heart that we were supposed to forgive the people the debt and then um, and and let the mortgage company know so that they could go forward so he wrote a he wrote a, a letter to the couple and told them what we were going to do and he told them why from our perspective from what the word said and um, we shared the word of God with them that, that if they would trust God and they would, you know, be faithful in giving and that God was going to rebuke the devourer. We shared all that stuff with them in this letter. And we released them and they were able to go on with their life. But they, we never heard from them again. But it was, it was a debt that we had forgotten about that was owed us from a long time ago. And what the Lord put on our hearts to do was to not look at that as debt anymore, but to look at it as seed. And the Lord spoke to me this morning, and he said, there's things that this, that, that the Family Worship Center of Jackson suffered loss. Maybe it was people, maybe it was money, maybe it was buildings, maybe, I don't know what it was. But just, if, if it's normal, probably a lot of those things. But the Lord said today, if you as leaders will say, we, want, we are no longer going to look at that as loss. We're no longer going to look at it as debt. We're going to look at it as seed for new life, that there's going to be an amazing breakthrough that's going to come. I really especially feel this in the financial realm. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it won't bear much fruit. But if it does, we've got to learn how to do that. If we keep it in ourselves and keep it in our pocket, it won't germinate. So would you just um, lift those things up to the Lord right now? Just pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for releasing us from all debt. Thank you for forgiving us from, for unfaithfulness, for lack of stewardship. And any other thing that we've done in our lives that were not true to your word. Today we look back at these things that, of the church where there was loss, 
where there was debt, where there was hurt, where there was disappointment. And we choose to look at those things as seed for new life. We let go of them. We are not going to ponder them. But we're going to walk in the newness of life in Jesus' name. I tell you, beloved, <laughs> that crop isn't just going to come up. It's going to jump up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we honor the Lord today with praise and thanksgiving? Amen. Amen. I can't think of a much better way to end our worship gathering this morning than by coming to the Lord's table today. And, you know, the Lord ended His Last Supper by inviting His followers and even an enemy at his table to say, hey, go ahead. I'm, I'm giving myself to you. And friend, I want you to know the Lord has truly given himself to the world. He has given himself to us. So this morning, we're going to end our worship gathering by coming to the table. And when you come to the table... Uh, I don't know how some of you are new here and guests. We take the bread that's been broken, and then we take it and dip it in the cup, symbolizing the new covenant of Christ. And when you come this morning, come and take it. Come and take your element, dip it. And then we're just going to ask you all to stand down front as we say a sealing prayer over our lives today, signifying that we belong to Jesus and that he has given us new life. Amen. So Father, we come today thanking you for providing a way, the best way, Lord, the best way for forgiveness and the best way for mercy and grace. Thank you as far as the east is from the west. You have also removed our sins from us. You have removed and taken it, our reproach away. This morning as we come to the table, the elements of bread that, you're, that is your body broken for us to make us whole. And your cup of the new covenant of your blood that was poured out so our sins, which are many, can be forgiven. Today we come by faith and obedience to the table to do what you tell us to do. And that is, as often as you eat... As often as you drink from this table, do it to remember me. May today, may our memories be flooded with the, with the eternal understanding that great is your faithfulness and that your mercies are new every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, come to the table. Take the elements. Come stand here in the center. Thank you.